welcome once again to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design and analysis podcast of the End Defender community. My name is Kelso. And my name is Kyla. I'm Carl. And I'm playing The Binding of Isaac. Also, I'm Chris. Because, because Chris is incapable of podcasting without also simultaneously playing a roguelike. That's true. Yeah. That's... I have a disease. Don't judge me. My yeah, name doesn't it's start a with a K. It's a rare condition. It is. Indeed. I'll, I'll set up a GoFundU for you. <laughs> I meant to GoFundMe, but... <laughs> You know. Which, I, you I know. Going. I'm, I'm picking up what you're laying down. And it was far better. The fact that you said a GoFundU that made you it know. way better. You know. Oh dearie me. So how are how are you guys all doing? I'm doing. Kyla, you don't seem to be sick anymore. Which is did you I'm call her sick. Kayla? I said Kyla. Oh okay, good. Because I was going to be angry I'm on her behalf. I'm super overworked right now, but I'm not sick at least. Uh, well. Um, yeah. I actually want to talk about not me talking, but it's uh, been since, since the last time we podcasted, uh, Thanarod went to IndieCade. So oh, yeah. I, yeah! I want that's you to tell thing. us all about IndieCade. Holy oh, cow. Oh. That's that's like a while ago now. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a couple of weeks, but we haven't recorded in a couple of weeks. That's true. Uh, well, well, Dick. Um, okay, <laughs> so... What was your favorite thing you saw? So, I want to talk about two games in particular um their their titles are respectively butt sniffing pugs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. cat nips okay i've heard of butt sniffing pugs but i have not heard so, of cat nips well you're about to <laughs> i'm in for a about. treat yeah so <laughs> butt sniffing pugs is a game wherein you play cooperatively with a second player and uh you control a well you control two pugs and uh it is operated by a giant tennis ball in a cardboard like box and you'd kind of just roll the tennis ball to move your pug around the screen and you have two green buttons above the tennis ball and one stuffed dog butt below the tennis ball uh you have access to two abilities at a time and they're like pee poop sniff uh pose bite, bark, stuff like that. Dog <laughs> things. Um, and you only have access to two of them at a time, but you can cycle through them by sniffing the butt of your cooperative pug. <laughs> so um, you have to go and like smash your, your dog butt button to sniff your partner's butt in order to cycle through your abilities and complete objectives like scaring grandma away from her picnic by peeing on her picnic <laughs> full stop um, and uh, you know creating a meadow of flowers by scooting away and leaving a f- trail of fertilizer wherein the, the flowers will grow um, so you continue you basically wreak mayhem on this park as two pugs um, cooperatively cat nips is a competitive game in which uh, you play with another player, and uh, compete to lactate more effectively. (laughs) Good. It is operated by a giant stuffed cat laying on its back with uh, nipple buttons, I guess you would say. And uh, you rub the nipple buttons 
to uh, projectile lactate at your litter of kittens. And um, the player who has most successfully um, sustained their species is the player who claims victory over that round of lactating cats. Uh, so I just felt like it uh, accurately describes a difference between cat people and dog people in our culture in that dog people are just kind of broing it up uh, destroying and wreaking havoc on their environment, but cooperatively and together. And cat people are performing the much more, you know, necessary and vital uh, activity of lactating to sustain their species, but um, doing so competitively and getting in each other's face about it. So that's uh, that was my thought on the cultural commentary of cat nips and butt sniffing pugs. Why are cats always so confrontational? Because they're catty. Question. <laughs> Discussion. Because they're catty. My that's, cat's that's mostly just afraid of everything but me. Your cat is me. very loud. He's super loud. Yes. <laughs> he... Well, he's confrontational in that way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like you can't, you can't claim I it's guess. not. I guess. I mean, I guess if I'm not petting him and he wants to be pet, like he will literally just kind of smack me in the face. Like, <laughs> especially if I'm laying in bed, he'll just sort of bat at my face with his paws. I'm what a cat. He's... You have a, a pair of some friends who have a cat who is literally like just super paranoid and afraid of everything. Oh. And I think part of that is maybe the impression she gives of that is just underlined by the fact that she just has really big, wide open eyes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like she's in a constant state of panic. <laughs> yeah, one of her eyes slightly twitches sometimes as well. That's amazing. Um, it was also um, the the idea that you know cats are typically regarded as feminine for whatever reason, and dogs are typically regarded as masculine. So you know they made the cats mothers, and they made the dogs like pee and poop on everything. So you know, that's that's that is what that is what guys do, isn't it? Yeah, it is actually. I can I, confirm. I know what you do in your man caves all day. And it's not even just in man caves; it's just all over the place. <laughs> marking, marking your territories with urination. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and and poop. Um, so yeah, that's that was the main thing that I wanted to to bring home from IndieCade. Was <laughs> that was your that main attraction from IndieCade. Yeah. Did yeah, you do any of the discussion. um the like like big night game things or? Uh, I did some of that. I mostly watched those. Um, I participated in like a mafia clone sort of night game, which uh, I played like three different times. Nice. And the last two times, I got to play with uh, YouTubers uh, Kraken and Nika Harper, which was kind of cool. Hmm. Um, but as far as games go, I mostly. Like, I, I did a lot of observation of games and a lot less playing of games just because... Lines are I don't long know. and stuff. Well, yeah, lines are long and stuff. Um, there was, like... There was a game called Dad Beat Dads, which um, I found in, like, the guide, and I asked Sean what it was, and he said, well, I should know, but I don't. <laughs> so, um, I... Uh, we Well, we theorized together that Dad Beat Dads was a game about fictionally uh well the fictional dads of famous people so like the obviously famous people had dads right but just you know random names the dads aren't necessarily a matter of public record so well yes and and so we decided that it was probably a game about like dads in an arena 
and you have like Beethoven's dad against Mozart's dad, and they're just like beating the shit out of each other, while you know like Einstein's dad and a bunch of other or no like a bunch of the kid famous people, so like kid Einstein and kid Beethoven and kid Mozart, are all in the stands like cheering them on and talking oh, about God. how their dad beat up their dads. Um, when we got to actually see the game, that's not what it was, and we couldn't oh. decide if we were disappointed or not. <laughs> Because the game that was actually there uh, was about, well, I can't really say it was about anything, but um, it was like a Smash Bros-esque game. Like, keep in mind, this is in the eSports tent. Uh, And the, uh, well, the game started with dads arriving on spaceships. (laughs) like rocket ships that just land in the level and then the door opens and a dad comes out and you can tell it's a dad because it has a baby on its back i was gonna say how can you tell it's a dad like is there a mustache involved um or perhaps some specific male pattern baldness yeah khaki cargo shorts that's a big one (laughs) sunglasses on the back of the head really bad puns right well nope none of that so it wasn't like you know dad uh attire or or otherwise you know the a vision of dadness but uh they had children with them on their backs and so we we saw the dads like throughout so we, we we had some trouble parsing this but we watched the dads fight each other and there were no health bars there were no status like things and they just had some vague number of points up at the top of the screen and we would see dads just like self-immolating <laughs> Just ran, uh, to us randomly. We didn't understand. Wow. It took a while, uh, but but dads would just burst into flames and then become a skull on the ground, and then a new dad would get shuttled in, and the fighting would continue, um, and they would lose or gain a point or whatever. Eventually, we uh, determined that a baby, a child, could be knocked off dad's back, and then we watched mm. that happen and determined that the baby could be taken. To so like if you're if you're a green dad and you knock the baby off of blue dad's back, you grab blue baby and run it over to green spaceship or throw it to green spaceship. Either way, um, as long as blue baby makes it to the doors of green spaceship, it is sucked inside and jettisoned into space, and you gain a point. Wow! Oh, no. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and, and blue dad bursts into flames. Because he failed to save his child. And uh, a new blue dad with a new blue child just arrives. (laughs) Where are the moms for all of this? I cannot imagine that they would approve. So the backstory that we determined had to be the case, like there's no other possible explanation, (laughs) is that this was some sort of like um, treaty that, you know, all the dads would be sent to this arena and fight over the vital resource of children. Um, because the score was only like if you lost your child, you lost a point. If you gained a child, <laughs> you gained a point. So it didn't. It wasn't discriminating between the color of child that you had. You, if you had seven points, you might have lost four children, but that means you gained eleven children. So it's just a net score. Net children. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the net value of children that you seem to have acquired. Uh, so we, we determined that the children were being harvested for some reason 
and they were a vital resource to these communities. Uh, and to prevent intergalactic war, they just send dads with children to this battlefield um, to steal children from each other. So that's that's a uh, dad beat dads. Um, what I love most, I think, about Indicade is the way that like pretty much all the games there you could never imagine being pitched in any sort of commercial boardroom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's accurate for all all games that we have heard you talk about. Yep. Um, three for three. Yeah, three for three. Uh, let's see here. What else was in... There was Ectoplaza, wherein you play a little ghost, and um, you just annihilate other ghosts with the power of your bite. Or by um, launching yourself as a high-velocity projectile through other ghosts, um, which is just a you know standard like competitive game basically, and it, it kind of looked Smash-ish as well, also in the esports tent. Uh, but it, that was a really fun actually. We there was one mode of it where you collect ectoplasm from the ghosts that you killed, and uh, we didn't know. There, there's like a bar at the top that shows how far along you are in the goal for ectoplasm. So like how much you have to collect before you win the game. Mm -hmm. And that little bar, we, we could not, we were playing for, now keep in mind the games, like the rounds for this are typically pretty quick. You get, you, you get several kills within a minute easily. Um, so we were playing maybe for 10, 11, 12 minutes, something like that. Uh, and could not win this game. There were four of us, me, Sean, two other people. We just couldn't figure out how to beat the game. We weren't able to get far enough along. And, uh, you know, because every time we would get close to winning, somebody would get killed and the bar would reset for them and blah, blah, blah. So eventually, somebody sits down next to us and they're like, oh, you guys know that you have to deposit the ectoplasm at, like, that ring at the top of the map, right? <laughs> and we all just looked at each other like, oh! <laughs> it makes so much more sense now! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yep. So that happened. Uh, and then, and then we, uh, I, I won that round like almost instantaneously because I just shot myself at the ring, deposited ectoplasm, and I guess that was all I needed. So then I won. Um, but that was a really fun game because even though we didn't know how to win, it was still really fun to play. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, good sign. Yeah, exactly. Um, what else? What else was there? What other nonsense? Uh, I played a lot of VR stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there was Job Simulator, which was, uh, well, I mean, exactly what it sounds like. You sit in an office? Uh, yep. Actually, it's a VR simulation of a cubicle. And What uh, will they think of next? It's, it, you're, you, uh, so it's, it's on the HTC Vive, or uh, as Sean calls it, the Vive. Um, and it's very, very interesting because the... HTC. So I had never played anything VR before, so I had to try all of the VR things. And so I tried the HTC, I tried the Oculus, and I tried Google Cardboard because that was Kraken's game, and that was actually kind of interesting as well. Um, but the HTC has like you, you kind of you have two Wiimotes, basically. Like that's the easiest way to think about them. And then you have your headset with headphones. And you have a space that's cordoned off by 
just two poles that have some manner of sensor at the top. And so it's complete one-to-one motion. Like, you actually walk around in the space, and your hands are... Like, you can see your hands in the virtual world, and you move them, and you grab stuff, and you do everything like that. Um, And it works really, really well. Sean actually said that he has hated every VR thing he's ever done, and he really liked that one. Hmm. Um, So it worked really, really well. I was impressed. And I had seen somebody else um, play with it on YouTube, so that's part of why I wanted... wanted to make sure I played with that one in particular um so it was I mean it was literally job simulator you like you go in they say we're going to teach you how to have a job and the first thing you have to learn is how to make coffee so you grab a coffee cup off of a cart that just appears and then you put the coffee cup in the coffee machine and you press the button on the coffee machine and makes coffee then it tells you to drink the coffee so you drink the coffee and then it rolls out donuts and says hey you gotta ha- you have some donuts too you can't start your day without donuts blah 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 um, but it was fun and then you know you get like robot coworker who comes over and is like here are all these pictures of my children and drops like the folding wallet full of photos sort of <laughs> Um and and then he's like, do you also bear children, coworker? And you have to go to the computer and log into your computer and print off photos of your children to show to your robot coworker. Um, it was cool stuff, but it was mostly like a you know showing off what the technology can do kind of demo. But it was still yeah. fun. Hmm. Um, let me think. What else was there? Um. Uh, it <laughs> my favorite thing from from the indicates that I went to or at least one of my favorite things there's so, there's so many bizarre <laughs> things there every year um, there was a game that called Renga that was played with a hundred laser pointers on a movie screen a hundred laser pointers yeah, wow <laughs> people each with one laser pointer cooperatively oh, uh, did a space battle game. Wow. Um, where like nice. There you have to like so each enemy was like a like a polygon that had and at each node on the polygon's edge was like a, a point. And so let's say you have like a little pentagon ship. Five oh. people have to cooperate and each focus one laser pointer on one of the points to oh, destroy nice. that enemy. Hmm. Um so it's this weird sort of crowd hive mind exercise. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it was super cool. That seems that seems amazing to play like yeah that i would yeah. like to do that yeah um so oh and then the the google cardboard vr thing was a, a hide and seek game that uh one person was blind and the other person um would so the the person who was blind was the seeker the seeker was blind and the hider had full vision, could always see. The Seeker had a button on the side of Google Cardboard that you would press, and it would steal the vision of the hider for a few seconds. So the hider would become blind, but the Seeker would see through their eyes. So you'd have to figure out where they are based on what they're looking at and and what they can see in the space that you're playing. Oh my god, somebody totally made a game like that my freshman year at USC. It involved, like, literally taping webcams to hats uh, and (laughs) carrying around laptops. 
<laughs> Amazing. But the point was that, yeah, you could see, like, everybody else's video feed, but not yours, and you had yeah. to, like, try and ambush the other players. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's... That was actually really uh, pretty cool. Um, the connection at Indiecade was obviously less than stellar, so it didn't work as perfectly as it could have, but that could be said of basically anything that required the internet there. Um, so I don't really blame them for that. Uh, and the the one thing that I played on the Oculus was interesting. It was basically missed, but on the Oculus. Oh. Uh, but... I got motion sick. Yeah, and that's I think an it's issue the, with the Oculus. That's I think it's the first time that I've ever had motion sickness of any kind, and the reason. So I played it perfectly for a while. I was totally fine for a decent length of time, and then there was one point. So the way this game controlled, you control it on an Xbox 360 controller, and the shoulder buttons would turn. I don't want to say your body because that's actually false, but it felt like it was turning your body 90 degrees. So, like, you can move your head and look around, but um, it felt like your body was oriented to some cardinal direction and you would hit the shoulder button to move your body, and then you would just look from that point of view, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and somehow, like, instinctively, that's how my brain treated it for a while, so I found that when I would turn my head my thumb was just like instinctively moving the analog stick such that I was continuing to move in the direction that I thought my body was oriented. And so I was fine. There was one time though, I guess I must have like stopped moving and looked around and then tried to go forward that I was turned, my head was turned. I felt like my body was pointed forward, but my head was turned to the left. And then I moved my analog stick up, and I just started moving in the direction that way my face was pointing. And I just got this weird rush throughout my entire head, and this sickness in the... Like, it just... I couldn't describe it. Because I've never been motion sick before, I still couldn't describe it. I just knew that I hated it. <laughs> in that moment, I was just like, wait, I have done something wrong, and it feels terrible. It's actually... Because uh, I, I worked, like, devving a little bit for the Oculus... And there's actually in the literature where they teach you uh, like about the sort of you know best best practices for doing right. VR stuff, there are new terms for types of motion sickness that they've had to come up with to describe <laughs> the things that happen to you in VR. <laughs> That's uh, specifically, um, vection, vection is is the sensation of like seeing and like sort of the, your your senses tell you that you're moving, but your internal like inner ear and motion things don't feel movement right okay. and that mm -hmm. creates like that motion that sickness, disconnect yeah. creates what's called vection which is a new type of motion sickness god okay isn't <laughs> it isn't it wonderful to live in the future <laughs> <laughs> oh it sure is <laughs> mm. um so yeah that happened to me and it and was you got not to meet shanbo that's true. I got to meet Seanbo and lots of Seanbo's friends, and I got to get weird looks because I would be like some random stranger talking to Seanbo when people like needed to ask him questions about things that mattered, and they'd be like, "What the fuck is this person doing here? This is weird. Whatever. I guess like they're not supposed to be here, but if Sean's talking to them, I guess it's fine." <laughs> and then they would just like talk as if I wasn't there. <laughs> 
Well, no, they would be like, you know, official IndieCade people and they needed to do things with, like, this tent isn't blah, 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 blah. You know, they mm-hmm. things that they wouldn't say in front of normal people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, that was, that was fun. Yeah. I we'll think have to get that's... a uh, End Defenders IndieCade trip organized at some point in the yeah. future. It's going to be... That sounds like a good plan. Road, road trip! My, yeah. Something that was like my that. favorite con, because I felt like being at Indi- IndieCade always made me feel more hopeful about the industry. Because <laughs> I, would, I would go to things like E3, and it would just be oh, like yeah. so That's commercial and so crass and so cynical... And you right. think like, God, why do why do we even make like, games? That that's and... why like even even though I now live in Seattle, I just have no desire whatsoever to go to PAX for exactly <laughs> PAX that reason. Cool. PAX does have like indie like a big indie game presence, which is yeah. Nice. And even if it's, it's not nice. indie games, like it's a big cool games presence as opposed to E3, which is just yeah. E3, I'm E3. sure would be much much worse. Yeah, E3 oh, is as soulless E3. as it can possibly get. Yeah. But then Indicate is like the super opposite of that because it's right. everybody who's there who's doing something ridiculous that they're passionate about. Right. Yeah. Like they're just so excited to be showing you this game about like sniffing the butts of dogs. Like right. that's and that's they, they've worked thing. so hard on it and they they're clearly they care about it so much. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, it's gonna be fine. People yep. are still doing this out of love of doing it. So yep. exactly. Yep. Yeah. And I, I met the the devs for apartment and and stuff like that too. So there was there were other things, but those are the the main attractions that I remember. Nice. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, Thank we'll you for that report. Yeah. Yep, you're welcome. <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of games that were purely made out of love. <laughs> uh, we played Gyromancer. Yeah, and Square Enix definitely made that purely out of love. 110%. I, I read, and I don't know if this is like an apocryphal thing or what, but I read that this came about, this game came about because, um, like, one of the execs from PopCap and one of the execs from Square Enix, like, ran into each other in, like, an elevator or something. And they both happened to be playing Puzzle Quest at the time and, like, really enjoying it. <laughs> and they were like, make a Puzzle Quest game. Wow. Hope that's... Well, I can't tell if I hope that's true or not, actually. It could go either <laughs> way for me. <laughs> All right. So, so let me give a quick uh, breakdown of Gyromancer <laughs> and what it is. Um... So it's a game. And it's not about gyration. I'm going to ruin that for well, you right it, now. It is sort of. Well. In the sense that it's about twisting th- a thing in a circular motion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, literally, bad. I'm sure that's... I think that's where the title comes from. Nice. But anyway. All right. Um, Maybe true, actually. Right. <laughs> so it's Fine. Uh, Fine. It's a game co-created by uh, PopCap, the makers of Bejeweled and Plants vs. Zombies uh, and Peggle, among other things. Uh, and Square Enix, the makers of uh, Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy and The World Ends With You, among other things. Uh, so the basic premise is that you are the um, the magician Revel Arday. Um, and... I'm amazed that you remembered the names because... <laughs> Man. This is the second time I've played it, to be fair. So um, I remembered the names from this game, but no other <laughs> games, only this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, 
and you have the the power to like summon giant beasts to uh to to fight on your behalf. Is, is, you you're do... a Pokemon master. Yeah, you're a Pokemon master, uh, and you fight your monsters by playing Bejeweled Twists. So you have like an eight by eight grid of colored gems, and you can take a like a two by two little square of them and twist them one unit clockwise. Uh, so and the goal is to make matches of three or more of a color, as in as in all match three games. Oh yeah, of course. So. Uh, in, so the the fights are you you have a monster on your side and the enemy has a monster on the other side and you twist these gems to make matches and as you make matches you don't automatically attack your opponent via matches the matches cause like attack gems to appear on the board and right. you have to try and like match your attack gems to make attacks happen and match your opponent's attack gems to make their attacks go away before they hit you. Yep. And then in between these combat segments, uh, you, like, wander around an almost board game-like map by, like, clicking yep. on spaces to advance space by space. Uh, yep. And there's a bunch of really, really ridiculous convoluted cutscenes with uh, one of the worst fantasy stories um, <laughs> that I know of in-game. Right, but some of the best written dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sure, if you believe that people still, like, unironically used... Well, I guess not still. If you believe that people un ever unironically used the word jape... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Me, sir. Exactly. I forgot about that. <laughs> I just I just remember that there was a, a level in, uh, in one of the Donkey Kong games called Jungle Japes. And that's that's the only time I've ever heard that word used <laughs> prior to this game. So fair enough. Yep, more than once they they just use that in conversation as though that's a word that people use. Yeah, it is. Um, some some other highlights of the story. Spoilers, by the way. Some other highlights of the story include um, a character who dies twice and then offers to die a third time. <laughs> no way. I was about to mention that she she dies a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. her scream is really terrifying. Yeah, that the first time I heard that scream, I was just like, "What mm -hmm. the fuck just happened?" Yeah, that's the sound of Laska dying. She does that <laughs> multiple times. Wow. Uh, and then, well, and then at one point, she's like, uh, "To this other character, she's like, I'll give my life so that you can live." And the other character's like, "No, don't, don't do that. Why the fuck would you do that? That's really not necessary." But I mean, why, why the fuck wouldn't you do that if you're just gonna come back to life, yeah, right? Definitely, if you're immortal. Well, she, <laughs> she, she wants to give back like the life that he gave her to make her immortal. Oh. So she wants to oh, like die sweet. permanently so that he can live, I guess. And he's like, "No, fuck. Why would you do that?" Um, I mean, I like, think I literally I think if, gave you that life so you could live it. I think if I was in that game, I I would want to uh, not be alive either. But hey. <laughs> and then at the end of the game, she also says something about like wanting to give up her life to produce an heir for the forest. Mm. Uh, which I'm not sure if it means that she's like going to like die to create a mystical forest beast, or if she's somehow going to get pregnant. Like I don't. I'm not so clear I think that means that she has was. to fuck a tree, and that's going to kill her. Oh, see, I was thinking she was gonna she was gonna fuck the um, Lord of the Forest gorilla thing. <laughs> right. Which, yeah. Or that. Well, That'll work too. So other spoilers. It turns out it turns. Yeah, he dies. 
Um, and it turns out the actual, the new Lord of the Forest, or no, he can't be the Lord of the Forest. The former Lord of the Forest <laughs> is Rebel himself, because he used to be the Wolf Lord. Oh. Uh, oh, of course he, he is. Yeah, right. Everybody right? cool is a Wolf Lord. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? He was the Wolf Lord, and then some random guy came and challenged him for his power, and yep. he like managed to to get rid of the guy, but he was weakened, so he like left the forest and became a person and lost all his memories. I guess a person. Wow. Um, I'm not but, sure that like an ever... immortal person, but a person. No, uh, I'm not sure that he's even a person though. Like he's he's the gyromancer. He uses the word jape. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. feel that we can just stop here because everyone <laughs> knows about gyromancer now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. All you need to know. Um, True. Yeah. The, well, the other so the other weird story thing I was going to mention is that the at the very end of the game, like the final boss is an enemy who literally has not been mentioned up until that point. Oh, nice. Good. Uh, so you know that, like, awkward, weird boy that yeah in the forest? Oh, yeah, so, peculiar like, boy. Peculiar boy who, like, appears to say, like, say something ominous and then disappears again? Yeah. It turns out he is secretly, like, the this final boss? Mage. Yeah, he's this ancient mage that Sick. challenged Ravel back when Ravel was the Wolf Lord, which is not mentioned until he transforms back into like this ancient maid and Ravel goes like ah oh, of course it's like Everett Baskus or you know like whatever this guy's name is I don't actually remember and he's like of course it's this guy and I'm like who the fuck is that guy he is literally not in the game up until this point God, that guy's haircut though oh man it, it was funny, Chris, Chris and I were uh, talking while we were both playing this game. And while he was we were like, gyrating. Yeah, while we were, we were talking and gyrating together. Uh, and what did you say? You're like, this peculiar boy is like my spirit animal. <laughs> and and now we know just that you're the final boss. Every time that I did anything significant, I'm just like, what the fuck is he doing here? <laughs> what is your deal? <laughs> of course, he's a he's a he's a Square Enix boss, so he has multiple forms. Yeah. So like, first he's this little boy, and then he transforms into like old man mage, and you fight him as old man mage, and then he takes like... Then he has the like six post- heads and twenty wings and... Well, right? yeah, kind of. I mean, then he takes the, the power crystal of the forest and he hold becomes up, like this six winged seraph... Let's like, talk with a for a moment about how you can kind seven. of have twenty heads and six wings. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was gonna go with like along, along the lines of that kind of ridiculousness, yes. <laughs> I know how Square Enix bosses work. Yeah, <laughs> you, you totally got it. Uh, and yeah, so then you have to fight him as a like ridiculous god seraph beast thing. God seraph beast. And then, and only then do you complete story <laughs> mode. And then there's like optional additional content. Hey, I'm, I'm looking I'm at so that image you linked optional last night. Content. It's he's got really long, loopy uh, spaghetti arms, and he's got a lion for a pelvis. So. <laughs> <laughs> the only part of that that drawing that you actually see in the game is like waist up of his like randomly like ripped abs. Uh, yeah. He's shirtless and wearing a giant fur coat. Yeah. He's got reason. pretty ripped this abs. This is Square Enix. Everybody has ripped as fuck abs. <laughs> like one hundred percent of people. Man. Yeah. So so that's that <sighs> that happens. Also, also the villain that you think is the villain for most of the game is named Kraist with a Q. Yep. Yes. 
Q-R-A-I-S-T? Christ. That's, that's I what guess. I want to name my child. <laughs> right after, uh, you know, just religion ends so that nobody gets him confused with Christ. <laughs> Christ, yeah. Christ Kingsley, possibly? I don't know. That sounds know. right. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. That sounds right. Kingsley. Yep. His yep. name is fucking Kingsley. <laughs> yeah, who's like the leader of some like poorly explained um, political faction that doesn't believe in the monarchy. There's some I sort guess. of rebellion. Yeah. Who sure seems is. like starts by like killing some everybody? Yeah. Something. Yeah, they they supposedly killed like the duke and duchess and like then yes, fled yes, this forest. And and it says like this was the other thing with the peculiar boy like uh it says in the opening like text wall that you have to read about this stuff. <laughs> like you know there the duke and duchess's son was like was not there and has gone mysteriously missing and oh, so yeah, like I that you now. have chased temperance into this forest so you see the peculiar boy and you're like yeah that's like the duke and duchess's kid right i mean no, like we're we're literally cute. looking for a a child of about that age and here's a mysterious child of about that age in the forest and then they act at the end like it's a big reveal that that's the Duke and Duchess's son, and you're like, well, yeah, no, you said they had, like, a weird adopted son who was missing. Like, were we supposed to think this peculiar child was someone else? Yes. I mean, to be fair, I forgot entirely about that opening text wall, so if, if, if that had been presented as, like, a huge surprise twist, I would have been like, no way! Well, would you have remembered who the Duke and Duchess were? No. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, there's knows? also there may have been random sorcerer guy who appears at the end. It's possible he was mentioned earlier uh, in one of these like six pages worth of links to like lore articles that are just yep. that you can just read if you want. I saw but those too and did not. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like oh by the way if you find this like hidden menu in the game here's a bunch of links to just some text balls that you can read about the backstory. Like, wow. Did you know did you know that like the there was a battle for the forest 100 years ago? Did you know that like the heart of the forest is a big jewel that like contains ultimate power or something? I didn't, but thank you for that information. <laughs> yep. I am Better for it. Yeah. Oh, this the story in this game really like it really does feel like it was written by someone who is like fourteen. Right, it resonates with me. Or someone who works <laughs> at Square Enix. Yeah, exactly. Well, the thing is, like, when I think of Final Fantasy games, like as bizarre and convoluted as their plots usually are, they at least usually get character right. Like, they usually yeah. have interesting characters that have arcs, whereas, like, Ravel is, like, the most Mary Sue character that I've ever, like, read in or out of fanfiction. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're a super powerful wizard, but wait, you're also the super powerful wolf lord, and you just had amnesia, and you didn't know about it, and you're so cool and attractive. Like, <laughs> God. <laughs> Exactly, it's a hundred percent that. Like, ooh, this this pretty lady is your your pal, and she wants to give up her life for you. Like, why? Why? 
Yep. And there's lots of sequences wherein, like, character A is kidnapped and then saved by character B, and then character B is immediately kidnapped and saved by character A. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, great. Kidnapping is a major, huge plot point in this game. Yeah. And it's really worth noting uh, how well they do it. Like, it's I'm it's basically like like I was looking away for a second and everybody got kidnapped from yeah. under me. Like I know, wow. Geez. I'm just I'm impressed. And most of the people who get kidnapped get killed. Like you're not very good at saving people who That's are kidnapped. True. That's true, but most of them come back, and by most yeah, of them, Laska, one Laska girl because back. she's the one who gets kidnapped most of yeah. the time. Yeah, Laska comes back. Um, Aiju, the deer that you're supposed to be protecting, the deer? does not come back. I'm yeah. sorry, the deer? Yes, the, the yeah. he's the heir to the monkey. He's, he's a hurt. So you know how you know how well, there's like deer, a though. there's a mysterious monkey who's like uh, the the lord of the forest, and then he has an heir to the forest who is like a stag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, I didn't know that, but now I do. Thank you. Yeah. So at one point, the stag also gets kidnapped and then killed. Fantastic. When like the whole the whole plot at that point is like protect the stag. Yeah. Level protect. It's the like stag. you just gotta chase. You gotta chase this weird, weird man around while he's sort of. It's weird because their icons are just moving across the map. So I just sort of imagine them running through the forest, and occasionally like the guy is just sort of stabbing the deer in the butt. And then the deer leaps ahead, and he's got to chase him some more. Like that's how what I envision fuck that whole thing is going on in this game. And that battle versus the guy chasing mm-hmm. is super weird. Yeah, it's you get like he he'll fight with you for like a certain number of rounds, mm-hmm. and then he runs away. Yeah, it's so, so annoying. You have to take him down <laughs> quick enough that like you 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 engage him as you as you keep engaging him, he keeps getting closer and closer to the deer. So you have to like engage him to get let the deer get away and beat him quickly enough that he doesn't get a chance to keep fighting the deer. What the fuck? I, yeah. I'm sad that I didn't get to this point. I'm going to have to play I some think, more. I think you're pretty close to it. I'm sure I am. Yeah, I think it happens very shortly after the forest closes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. If that's roughly about where you are. Did you I get don't to know. Like, I'm like level 12. That's all I know. Like I just. Closes. Okay, so the forest, the, the mechanic changes when the forest closes. Um... The, the main, like, gyromancy mechanic. Oh. So, basically what happens is um, you start getting huge penalties for idle twists. So, an idle twist is when you spin the jewels and you don't make a match. Right. Um, so, after the forest closes, whenever you do that, uh, your enemy gets, like, a double or triple progression for that twist. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think maybe one or... Oh, you also lose your chain bonus when you do that. Of course. That's true before the the forest closes, too. Um, Okay. So, yeah, so the game gets, like, has a significant difficulty jump at that point. Yeah, their meter fills up really, really fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a huge pain in the butt. Yes, and if they have any enemy jewels already on the screen, uh, they drop by two instead of one. They're counting. Nice. Um, so it, yeah, so they the jewels the enemy attacks happen basically twice as fast if you're doing idle twists. Huh. Okay. Um, well, I didn't get that far. Which is which is what caused my husband to stop playing this game because <laughs> he got <laughs> to that point and he's like, "Fuck, this got hard. <laughs> Never mind." I gotta say, up until that point, I thought the game, the the enemy attacks were based on time. <laughs> <laughs> so I played really really fast. 
just and spinning, I, and spinning all the jewels all the time. So yeah, yeah. that. But I gotta say, I thought that was more fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun to do matches really, really fast. Like when you can get like really in a flow where you're just like every time the thing stops moving, you're immediately turning the next one. Like that feels really good. Um. So this is the first match three game that I played. And, uh, I mean, maybe I played Bejeweled or something like once. So, like, I'm familiar with Match 3 as a concept, but I didn't really, like, entertain the thought of playing in any of them. Uh, so. Oh, gosh. Um. You mentioned you had some kind of, like, an evolution to your play style. Yeah. So, it started out that, you know, I just sort of, like, looked around for matches that I could make. And I was really slow, and I died on, like, literally the first fight of the game. Um, and then the game crashed, and I didn't come back to it for a while. Uh, <laughs> and, and so later I came back to it, and I, uh, I, I learned some things unintentionally. <laughs> One of which... Against your will. <laughs> So, while playing, I, I learned that, oh, wait a second, the little, like, circle of gyration, the circle that defines the gems that I'm going to rotate, actually, like, lights up when it's going to make a match. So I don't yeah, even have to look white. at the colors. I just have to fucking, sw like, scroll through the available board until it's white and then just hit my space bar. It also... So um, if if you didn't notice, it also does the same thing on your attack bar at the bottom. It shows you how much um, bar you'll get if you make a so certain match. that was match. the next thing I noticed. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, so that was the next thing I noticed is I was like, wait a second. Oh, so it shows me, like, how much I actually get. And, oh, I get it. So the gem that my creature has is the gem that I want to match more of, and it's going to give me, like, really big bonuses. So I started, like, looking for the biggest bonus that I could do each turn. And then I noticed, oh, shit, wait a second. Because I got, like, utterly trucked by some enemy. Oh. It also, each twist that I do gives them a certain amount of bonus for the... Oh, my God! It's not just time or number of turns. It's actually, like, a thing that I think about. Holy shit. Yeah, you have some control over this. <laughs> I kind of so love that about matches this with those colors... <gasps> and then I... That was, that was the last major realization that I had. But seriously... I went through like four or five revelations on how to play this game. <laughs> I, I kind of really like that about the game that it supports like playing it in a really naive way of just like, like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna turn some gems until like fun colors flash around and stuff happens. <laughs> or like let me think really carefully about like setting up what this you know, this cascade is gonna do when it falls right. this way and and like which color is going to match my enemy color here and my color there and right. you know 
Yeah, exactly. So I and and then you know I noticed it took me a, a few deaths on that first fight to notice that I had to break my own like attack gems in order to actually complete my attacks. They didn't just do shit. I was like, why is that guy hurting me all the time, and I can't hurt him ever? Um, and so that was that was interesting. I'm sure. Well, no, I'm not sure, but I'd like to believe that the game gave me all of this information explicitly, and I just ignored it. Uh, did you like play the tutorial it. fight at the beginning? Yes. Okay. I I didn't, so I don't actually know what is explained. It, it tells you. Of... It tells you quite a bit of that. Okay. Because okay, I I mean I I didn't pay attention. That's fair. But yeah. I, did play. I mean, uh... who, who who could fault you for that? <laughs> yeah. There's so much. There's so much reading required of you in this game already. I know. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so so yeah, that was my my series of. Um, well, my evolving play style as I played it for a few hours and like learned how it actually worked. And then there's there. I think there's also some mechanical things that they really don't explain at all. Like I'm pretty sure the the chain gauge is not well explained. There's like oh, a yeah. number at the there's bottom. There's like a that number at the up. bottom, and I asked Kelso. I was like, "What the fuck?" No, is you that? you. I thought you were asking me about the the little number in the middle because there's the chain oh. gauge, which is the big number on the left. And there's oh, yeah, a little number in the middle, and neither of us know what that number is. <laughs> still, okay, that's true. Um, but no, I meant the the chain gauge. I had oh. no idea what that was. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're fine. Yeah. So the chain gauge is how basically how long you can go without making a move that doesn't make a match. Okay. And the higher you can get the chain gauge, the better things happen. But they're very like coy about what those things are. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> the first time you get a full chain meter, they sort of explain it to you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, One of those little text boxes that popped up, and I'm just like, fuck, I've been too much, I've been reading too much already. I don't want to read. <laughs> no. All right. Yeah, when you get uh, it to five for the first time, it goes like, you have now reached like maximum chain level. It's, you know, like, it, good <laughs> effects will start. Chain. Good, good effects will start to happen now. Keep trying. Keep, like, see what happens if you keep getting the, the chain even further. And, like, they I, don't tell you I, what happens. I, just, I got like, to the maximum. How do I get it further? Right? <laughs> I'm like, and it's, it's basically like, if you do this, something good may happen. It's like, what the? Just fucking tell me. The fights don't last long enough for me to get a chain gauge that high. <laughs> no, it's actually really hard to get chain gauge five. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think mine ever got up too. Sometimes it's like physically impossible because the board just doesn't have any matches you can make. Right. So. Yeah. Or the enemies die. Yeah, or the they enemies just, just die. die. Yeah. <laughs> my my right. strategy tended to be, like, pro not prolong the fight as long as possible, but like, um, avoid matching power gems as long as possible to try and get like a huge rush cascade. At some point where, mm -hmm. like, just all your attack gems go off at once. And it's mm. like, oh, yes, I just did, like, seven shots to that guy in one turn. That does feel pretty good. I enjoyed doing that, incidentally. I never really, like, worked it out such that it happened intentionally. Mm -hmm. 
but I really enjoyed it when that happened. As as Kelso pointed out, like I got super into it once like I one-shotted some enemy creature because all my attacks went off at the same time. I was just like, "Oh, that was great. <laughs> I just killed it in one combo. That's so cool." And the soundtrack for the game is freaking great. Hype yeah. as hell. <laughs> <laughs> like I could play any game. Uh with just like the the title screen music like i could play any game to that music i i would play any game you wanted me to play on this podcast if it had that music, music. in it i sort of want to i sort of want to just start the game up so that so that the music is playing in the background of the podcast but i'm not going to do that I'm not going to do toward, that. Maybe towards the end. Uh, <laughs> you should look up look up some a playthrough. If you're not going to like finish the game yourself, look up a playthrough to see the final boss music cuz the final <laughs> boss music is ridiculous. You say that as though there is a playthrough of it anywhere. On no, the there are some on YouTube. Oh, there are some. Only, that's the only place I've ever seen like footage of you know this game is like there are a few YouTube videos of people playing it. Kylo, when are you gonna when are you gonna stream Gyromancer? <laughs> yeah, can, why didn't you just record all of Gyromancer for YouTube? Then we could all just watch your playthrough. <laughs> I could have, I suppose. Um, you could do it again. You could play it for a third time. I don't know if I could stomach it. Um, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I really like this game. Like, I enjoy it a lot. Um, <laughs> But part of the part of what I enjoy about it is the novelty of remembering. Oh yeah, this story is the worst. <laughs> um, oh, and since I have just been through it, I don't know if I would immediately do it again. Well. Uh, but there was something else I was gonna say about. Oh, like if there's one thing that can be said about PopCap, they're really good at like the juiciness of casual games. Of like juiciness when you make up. a match. Things happen all over the fucking place. Yep, like that's true. Particles and explosions, and the gems bounce when they drop down, and there's and like just colors and sounds everywhere. Yep, yep. and yep. there's like subtle different sounds. Like if you, you make you a just match, like of launch gem, missiles at your enemy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you make a match that's your gem color or the enemy gem color, it makes a slightly different sound when it matches than the other matches. Mm. It's like it's it's just. Like full of all these like little juicy details. It feels like My... they're they're entertaining toddlers. Yeah. <laughs> Lots so of I colors. Like is... Well, now now Carl, that's exactly my... what they're doing. Well, yeah, this is one of my primary fears as a game designer. Actually, um, is this idea that is it possible that really just what makes a game like fun and entertaining just boils down to like, you know, these kind of like lizard brain like oh hey I did a thing and colors happened yay kind of, you know, <laughs> yes. like is that, is that all that's required yes actually Candy Crush out, is uh, a thing that exists yeah, it turns out this is a pretty good argument in favor of that yep. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit um, strategy what monsters did you guys enjoy using and why I, because I, because I should say there are uh, the one of the main mechanics is that you like Pokemon esque you collect monsters over the course of the game, and you can like pay in game <laughs> currency to summon new ones for your party, which is a stupid decision, but we'll talk about that <laughs> later. Um, so you get to choose like you only get to take take three monsters with you, and each uh, there's I don't know like maybe 15 monster categories or something. Uh, and each of them has th 
three sort of not quite evolutions, but like difficulty variants. So there's yeah. like the basic version of the monster, the intermediate version of the monster, and the advanced version of the monster. And as you go through the game, you unlock you know higher and higher tier monsters. And the um, there's also like a fourth kind of hidden variant that happens whenever you get the what's called the breakthrough, which is uh, every so often you build up enough points that you can upgrade your monster to its like super ultra form for one fight. Um, and fight with, like, a powered-up version. Yep. Uh, but a lot of, like, how you play sort of determines what kind of monsters you want to bring with you in your party. Uh, I think by default it starts you with, what, the owl, the beetle, and... I thought it was an owl and two beetles. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is an owl and two beetles. Uh, I, my personal preference tended to be, uh, like, owl, um, turtle, and ant... Uh, although I sometimes switched out for dragon uh, or beetle as well. I uh, I really enjoyed like the the worm creature, you know, with the Y, not a <laughs> yeah, and the, dra- the dragon ones. Yeah, the the dragon, yeah, basically, um, and the ant, you know, anything that had three attacks that like went off really frequently. Yeah. I was really disappointed that the worm only got to level seven and then was like, nope, I'm done leveling, go fuck off. Uh, you got to unlock the advanced version of it to get the higher yeah, levels. Right. So I was unhappy with that um, because I wanted to just continue using that because that's because at one point you were rolling so much damage. You were rolling with like a three worm team or something, or you were <laughs> yeah, talking about doing that. <laughs> yeah, just fuck it, worms, only worms, and I fucking trashed the entire level with it. <laughs> nice. It was, it was so stupid. <laughs> well, hey, if it works. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Man. But it was fun because all sorts of shit just exploded and made so many pretty colors and everything. Yeah, it was just great. Um, because that's what makes games fun. Um, totally. But, yeah, so that's that was my favorite. The ants were good, too. Uh, eventually, I unlocked something that cost 4,900 gil, so I couldn't, um, couldn't buy it. And that's actually exactly when I stopped playing. Yeah. That was that was my moment of like, okay, I'm not going to farm that much. I'm done. Because I wanted to like continue seeing new things, and that stopped me from seeing a new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I don't know, there's something to be said for that probably. But So, so that's, okay, never mind. We'll come back to that, because let's, let's put a pin in that, because I really, I really do actually want to talk about that. But first, let's, let's uh, continue the, the monster chat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I... To... Oh, Carl, you can go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just... In the beginning, beginning, I used dragon, wolf, and turtle. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I just went all wolf team. <laughs> really? The, oh, like, uh, the cool like electric guy. wolf thing? Yeah. Because I was basically oh. just removing their points. I was going to say, like, what powers oh, does, uh, does the wolf have? Because I don't use him. Like, when you remove their gems, you get a gem of your own. And mm-hmm. you also start with a gem on the field. Oh, that okay. sounds really good. I, I wish I would have unlocked the yeah. Over, yeah. yeah. One of them, one of them has. I don't know if it's the ultimate version of the turtle or the ants. Maybe even the bee. I don't know. One of them has a power where, when your gem comes into play, it automatically replaces one of the enemy gems. Oh, now, wow, which that's is kind of a nice power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, the the lowest level of the tree monster has the best move in the game. Uh, <laughs> of course it does. Which is Why sort of would... a really weird decision because the the higher levels of the tree don't have that power anymore. 
Um, but it's a. You, you it's call it a only... weird decision, but I mean, you might be forgetting the game that we're playing. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, it's it's uh it's the only well at least the only move that I know of in the game that heals your monster. Oh. Oh, yeah. that's really the only move. Is it not? There's a uh, like. Is does one, one of the insect, like super? I think. I was gonna say, does one of the one. super secret fancy uh, summons like do that, or did you did no one get that far? There's like when you if you um, I think you have to like get all of the like little badges for every level or something ridiculous like that, um, but it unlocks uh, an extra level where you can get uh, that bottom row of summons that remain locked for hmm. the entire game, and they're all like super secret fancy monsters. But I didn't get them this time, so I don't know what I they do. Assume... Um. But yeah, so so Carl, what's the what's the other one that has heal? You said one of the like the bugs. Yeah, I'm actually shaking it up right now. <laughs> good, good luck. Right, yeah, while while you're looking, I I feel I feel kind of dumb right now because I didn't ever really get attached to a team. It was always just like, hey, you got a new summon. Cool, I'm gonna go check that summon out and just automatically go with like whatever was the newest thing. Um, I had the turtle for a while. I had the beetle for a while. I had the um, I, I don't some needle needle bug or something. Oh yeah, the the like gnat one. Oh, yeah, God, the gnat. that's the yeah, one that that's the that's one that the you one couldn't that unlock. Five thousand gill, and I was just like, well, I I, I I bought that one because I spent I spent a long time um accidentally grinding. Because I didn't know what my objective was in one of the levels, so which which was actually okay. That's sort of a, a thing that I found with this game is that I don't care about progression at all in this game. I don't care about progression or the story. I'm just I'm really content to just like click around the map and fight the monsters and and just sort of like do this stuff and hunt around. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what that says about me or what that says about this game. But I, I spent a lot of time in one level just doing that because I didn't I didn't know uh, what I was supposed to be doing, and then I finally got to the next. Like I finally completed that stage and was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll go to the next level then. Like cool, uh, you know. So uh, I don't I don't like the nat ones because they make uh, locks on the board. Yeah, that was a little bit annoying. There's, it's it's weird because they so locks are uh, gems that appear on the board that you can't make a twist involving a lock, mm-hmm. um, and there's also stones uh, can appear on the board which are right. um, they don't make a match with any colors, uh, so they can only be gotten rid of by like catching them in an explosion from um, from somebody's attack gem. Yeah, there's also frozen. Things, I don't know what I the frozen no ones do. What so I think frozen do. is just a that's just one of the visuals for one of the types of attack gems. Oh. I think it's like the attack mm. gems that turn yeah. uh things into like the same color as them are frozen uh, or something like that. I think you're right. That makes sense. Um but yeah, so the the there are and so this is another really weird decision I thought, but the they chose to make all the monsters completely symmetric. So the version of them that you fight as an enemy is the same as the version that you can capture and summon. Oh, okay. But a lot of the a lot of the enemies have moves that are specifically designed to annoy the player by like creating <laughs> locks and, right. and and stones. <laughs> and so the summon versions still have those powers. It's right. like why would I ever summon that? It just makes a bunch of rocks. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's funny. Like it's... you didn't need to be symmetric with that part. Why did you do that? It or is like when, a, when an enemy turns all your gems into a single color. Yeah, yeah. you're like, well, and, thanks. And you're that like, was great. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's Kate C. Or have however it. Oh, the uh, the cat Kate Sith. Oh yeah, the yeah. The fancy one. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the one that's in like every Final Fantasy game, yeah. Yeah, there's that weird, it's the green the green flute playing cat summon thing. <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah, so so there's the, the, the big, um, like the T-Rex and the big stone golem ones make rocks. Yeah. So I always avoid those. And the gnat and the spider make locks. So I always avoid those. Um... Uh, and other things are sort of hit or miss, I think, depending on what you're going for. I like the turtle because it it has really high defense. Like it just yeah. it has a passive that just keeps increasing your defense over the course which, which of which was game. awesome. Um, the toad has a thing that like can get rid of status ailments. Uh, I think. Yeah. But I, I think don't, you're right. don't bother with that. Mm-hmm. Um, what what are some of the other ones? The worm just has, like, all attack all the time. Yep, which is why I liked it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not surprised you ended up with that one. Yeah. Well, because for me, anyway, I felt like, like, once I fucking figured it out, um, <laughs> I was like, well, I don't really need defense, because all I have to do, really, is just, like, not suck, and then I won't take much damage, but I'll just start doing lots of damage automatically. Um... Like, no matter what, basically, because by ruining the enemy combos, I will eventually, inevitably, like, yeah, finish happen my own. To, happen to match some of your own gems. Yeah, and then, like, I'll have, like, seven attacks go off at once, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, that's usually um, how I end up going, too. Yeah, so that's, that's how I was like, well, I mean, so all I really need are just characters, creatures that just attack a lot, and then I'll be happy. And so that's what I did. There's a, there's a type of enemy in the final area whose gems are literally instant kills. Um, huh. And they have a really long countdown, so you have time to try and match them. But if you, do, if you let any of them go off, it kills you. Nice. Yeah. Wonderful. The, actually, There's the a, enemies in the last area... That also happens in the challenge, where yes. you only play as... You play without your Pokemons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You play yeah. without your Pokemon. Yeah, there's those uh, challenge stones yeah. where you have to like do puzzly type things with your matching. Uh, hmm. So it's like make a cascade of at least three, or like match at least six gems at the same time, or like. I have a big, big problem with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, me too. Skipped one of the texts. You can't and read it, yeah, it anywhere. Yeah, and they don't tell you. Yeah, exactly. They yep. tell you right at the beginning what the goal is, and then there's no way of reminding yourself. Yep, that happened to me uh, a couple times. That's the worst. Like with the with the cascade one, I remember I was like, I don't know how many cascades I have to get, so I guess I just I just clicked around. I just, that, I just clicked around in that thing until it was like, congratulations, you won this fight, and I was like, cool. Oh, those those things. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, that was funny. Yep. But hey, I did it eventually. Um, but, but yeah, so I was gonna say there are some uh, there's some enemies in the final area, Gallia, that have um, have some really interesting and weird powers and are actually quite frightening. They look scary as fuck as well. Yeah. Uh, I like I linked the people on the podcast to some some images of these, but like the Soul Shaver is just super creepy. 
Um, but they do a variety of like unpleasant things. The worst one of which is swapping the direction in which your gems rotate. Yeah. Fuck is that, that bad? <laughs> it's well, when you've spent the entire game up until that point training yourself to see certain patterns that you know will make oh, matches. Oh, like if you're paying attention, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, and then all of a sudden, like, all the things that match are mirror images of what you're used to. Right, right. right and right. you're like, oh, God, it's it actually felt, like, physically painful for me to think about it while I was, like, in that state. The the final boss does that to you, too. Great. I agree. Yeah, it's okay. really, really painful. Okay. It's, it's just right. like the final boss fight of uh, Beyond Good and Evil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where they like randomly swap out your or reverse direction on your controls. Yep. But yeah. they didn't go back and forth all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, let's let's go back to this uh, this idea that you have to pay to summon the monsters, um, because that was the weirdest design decision, and to me, it totally reeks of shit, we didn't manage our economy well and we don't have a good way of, like, making you spend money. Like, <laughs> none of the players are spending money. No one's buying these, like, completely useless, like, one-shot items that are in the game. So we need can, some kind of money sink. So, can you uh, even I, buy those? Like, where do you buy them? <laughs> I only ever found them in chests. Yeah, you can find them yeah. in chests. I've actually never tried to buy them, so I don't know. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, I assume that they say that there's a way to buy them. They give you money to Do buy they? them. <laughs> I thought I thought the money was just for summoning. Wow. Yeah, really? Just for summoning? I think it is. I thought that too, but I always had more than enough money. I thought I thought you could buy some of those item, those consumable items, but I mean, maybe, maybe you can't. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. It's fucked. This, this, this is this is going back to what I felt for most of the time playing this game, where it's it's just a fucking mystery. <laughs> like I don't know what's going on, but hey, whatever. Let's twist these gems. This is gonna be fun. Explosions and yeah. colors. <laughs> um, so it's possible. In fact, the only use for money is summoning creatures. So I, I guess the money just because... exists to make you feel like you're being rewarded for completing levels? Man, so I guess. So what bothers me about it is not that, like, you know, it would require money to, to get... What bothered me is that, A, like, I unlocked the thing, so it should be mine, mm -hmm. but then yeah. I have to pay money for it. But then, if I want the thing I had before, I have to pay money again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like... Are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, yeah. that is not what I want to deal with. Yeah, so you, you, like, have to play the game and actually, like, find your way to the so-called gyro codes to collect the <laughs> monsters, and then you have to go outside of the level into oh, the summoner's that den. that's what they're called. Yeah. <laughs> gyro which, codes. Which doesn't jive with any of the mythology of the rest of the game, because why are they codes? Why are they suddenly introducing, like, an electronics term? Yeah. Well, because, you know... Yeah, okay, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, Why so wouldn't they? The, uh, the, um, so then you have to go to the monster den, and then you have to pay coins to swap out any of the monsters in your party for any other monster, regardless of whether you've had that monster before or not. And you can only like pay money to get monsters that you've already unlocked by yep. playing the levels. Like, that's... Like, needlessly thoughts. convoluted, they should just give you the monsters and let you pick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
you, you think. Or or even, even you know, just pay for the monster once, and then I can just pick my roster after that. Like, whatever. Why is there money in this game? Yeah, there's no need for the money. The this is for- just because they call it Gil. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. it is Square Enix, and they needed Gil. <laughs> there's, but it's also, like, it's used as a punishment reward system. Like, if you actually, like, all three of your monsters die, it's like, well, you get pushed out of the level, and your points are exchanged for Gil at a lower rate than if you had <laughs> So, okay, so we're, we're talking about things that are in this game seemingly only because of Square Enix. So we've got Kate Sits, we've got Gil. Yep. Is there a character named Sid in this game? Oh, <laughs> not that I know. Not okay. That I noticed, but like, I didn't read all be. the lore, so it's quite possible. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't read that whole novel of text hidden away in some esoteric menu. Yep. Yep. Fuck this game. That's the whole sentence, actually. Just fuck <laughs> this game. Fuck, comma, this game. <laughs> no, no comma. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> I don't want to play this game. I just want to fuck. <laughs> As this is Thanos catchphrase. Evidently, yeah. There's one um, more I'm thing sure I would like I... to talk about. Sure. That is, I'm not sure if I like this or not, actually, but it's the fact that it's sort of a dungeon crawler. Yeah. And why? Why isn't it just linear or something? Yeah, like you have to go explore and unlock. Yeah. And why? And why like board game style turn-based movement maps? Yeah, that was the weirdest part. Wander through an overworld and have like. Yeah, like every other game Square Enix has ever made ever. See, I would have, I would have almost preferred like random battles to the weird like. Gotta get your timing just right, otherwise you're going out to fight this monster. Like, I don't. It was it was so strange the way that was done. I and, mean, it certainly produces yeah. an effect. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it's a it is a it is a really like a decision that was made about the sort of like way they wanted the overmap to feel. It's just like many of the decisions in this game, completely boggling. Like, and some of these maps seem just gigantic, like just bonkers huge, huge for for yeah. the like, you know, go to, you know, approximately a couple steps in this direction, and there's your objective, and you <laughs> haven't even seen, you know, three quarters to four fifths of the map. It's all it just help when they introduced oh, yeah. a map with like at least a hundred portals. Yeah, oh, like slides that you just start fucking careening down this direction. Yeah, like, oh, no, those. No, this was a one-way path until you yeah. stepped those there. Those pissed me off so much. I got so upset when they introduced those. Just make me go down a one-way path that you don't inform me of. How is that an idea that somebody fucking had? I like to imagine what that looks like actually within the game world. Like, I'm walking down this path, I turned left, oh no, I can't stop! You rolled down a hill, or like, Or like... Yeah. Or like the trees came alive and the vines just kind of shuttled you in a direction. Like what? Just, How does crowd surfed on a bunch of living plants? Yeah. How does this work? How does anything work in this game? Uh... 
Gyromancer. That was my least favorite thing. There's one map towards the middle where um, the monsters, like, move around, starting, like, when you first arrive at the map, the monsters start moving. And they, like, destroy things yeah, on the map. Yeah, they destroy, like, the chests on the map. Yeah, they destroy the chests. And there's one chest that you can't see where it is from your starting position. You just get, like, a pop-up, like, you know, eight moves into the game or whatever, 15 moves or whatever that says, like, a monster has destroyed a chest. And you're like, what chest where? Where in this enormous level is this one chest that's yeah. destroyed? And why do I care? Because you know the only thing that's in the chest is like a fucking magic mirror or some yeah. shit. Like no, it's three gold. Yeah, or three gold. <laughs> three coins that like you can spend for like no reason for the arbitrary like privilege of buying things no, that no, you've no. already Let, unlocked. Let's talk about that for a moment because it, it gave you. There were two currencies. There were gold coins, and then there were gill. And the, the gold coins and the get gold converted coins were to converted kill. to kill. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh shit, I forgot about that. So wait, how, what's what's the exchange rate? One hundred. Well, it to depends one. on whether oh, you okay. win the level or not. Well, yeah, there's that. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, um, but yeah. yeah. So, so the, but the thing is, also, I think getting that one corner what? chest is necessary for one of those arbitrary little badges that you get at the end of I the level. I hope it is. There's like there's like seven every level has like seven or ten or something like little achievements that you can get in it that's like beat a certain monster, score above a certain yeah. number of points, do whatever, yeah. whatever. And they do zero things. They are like completely and utterly arbitrary, except that they may or may not unlock like a secret end area where you can get powerful summons, but I don't actually know. May or may not. <laughs> But if they, if they if they do, then I think you have to get every single one of them, which is like more than I was willing to put uh, in. That's uh, more than anybody should be willing yeah, to put no in. Yeah, no thanks. That's a little. That's too much. I did actually go back and grind all the little badges uh, for all the levels before the forest closed because I'm like, well, while the game is easy, I'll go and grind as much as I can, and oh, so that course, when the yeah. game gets harder, uh, which is something you can do if you know that if you know that that jump is coming. Yeah. But normally it catches you completely unprepared. Also, at that point you go from like level 7 to like level 20. <laughs> the enemies goes from that. Oh yeah, yeah, there's a huge jump. Yeah, that is true. Which I didn't notice because I spent all that time accidentally grinding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I finished the game at level like I was like 48 or something like that Fuck. and the, the How max fucking bother that long. Jesus. <laughs> the the max level cap um on the 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 highest tier of the normal monsters is um 70, I think. Dang. But like yeah, I said there's a uh, there's some super fancy secret one-shot monsters that oh, of are course. that exist somewhere in the game. Yeah. And probably they are higher than that. Ah, uh, well. At least, uh, as long as they're not higher than the people who made this game, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'd s I mean, for all that, I love this game. Like, I, I, I find it, like, ridiculously entertaining. It's a silly little game. So, I think I, I, think I like uh, it the same way that I like um, Jupiter Ascending. Like it's 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 hilarious to me how ambitious it is and how seriously it takes itself, 
and how much of just a hot mess it is. We still need to um, watch and live tweet Jupiter Ascending at some time. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. we're totally sure. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, I went into this podcast convinced that it was going to be my thing, that I just kind of shit on the game the entire time, but uh, I secretly kind of enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I secretly kind of enjoyed it the, until until like I couldn't buy the thing that I wanted to buy anyway. Yeah. But um, beside that, like it was actually fun to play once I figured out how to play it. Uh, it just took a while to get to that point, and then it was all right. Yeah, it's it's a really fun thing to play just while you're sort of doing something else. Right. Like I could yeah. I would not just like sink my life into it the way I would Kingdom Hearts or something. Um, but, like, if I was doing something else, I could see myself idly playing this game, which is probably true of any Match 3. Yeah, I was going to say, which is like, the, the major draw the point, of Match yeah. 3 games. Right. So, I mean, they, they succeeded. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing they were doing. Leak. I mean, yeah, it's... It I mean, fun. I can't That's tell them that it... Be another game. Yeah. Well, right, yeah. It could easily... But, I mean, that could also be said of any Match 3 game. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, they succeeded in creating an entertaining Match 3 experience, uh, whatever that means to them. So, so I want to sort of uh, end on this, like, thought or pair of questions, I guess, which is, uh, you know, what makes something so bad that it's entertaining, and does this game fit that description? <laughs> Nothing and no. Nothing and no. <laughs> you know that's the thing. Like so, so bad is good. Is it's a really difficult thing to define. Um, I like my boyfriend and I watch a lot of movies that fall into the so bad it's good category. We have also, in search of those movies, watched many, many, many movies that are just bad. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 extremely rare that a ga- that a movie will be legitimately so bad that it's good like if if it's not a lot of times there's there's sort of a calculating aspect to the production like you know like the asylum movies the sharktopus whatever yeah like those don't count because yeah. they're intended to be bad yeah I, I, I that's definitely part of the criteria is it has to take itself very seriously yeah it has Which to this be definitely it's does. Trying to be bad, it's trying to be good very hard. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like the the gameplay of this game is a lot of fun, so right. that that doesn't fit for me. It's it's not like it's not like a a game that I bring up a lot of times outside of recording that I think falls into this, which is Lucius, which is yeah, a right, buggy exactly. mess, I but it's hilarious. Um, Freaking deadly premonition. That, that that too that too actually um yeah, like the gameplay is all incredibly solid in this game so well I, I wouldn't go so far as to say incredibly but it's it has well I mean, yeah it does have some incredibly questionable design decisions yeah. at times right but i do agree that like the gameplay itself accomplishes what it sets out to accomplish it actually is entertaining so i can't say it, i can't say an entertaining game is a bad game i guess is the way that i look at it like, if I if the gameplay removed from the story is just it's actually entertaining to like play the game, then it's it it did it right. Like then it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It might be a shitty story or whatever, and that 
The story, the story is, is so bad it's good. Yeah, the story like, the is certainly itself. so bad it's good. Like, yeah. Yeah, it has to be a Lucius to be, like, so bad it's good yeah. for the game itself. Yeah. I, I think the thing that... Oh god, I was gonna. I had a. I had a train of thought. And lo- I think. I think the thing that makes this bad is, a the utterly baffling design decisions, like one one way, mystery hills and paying for your monsters. Like those are the bad things in the story. The story is just nonsensical. But the gameplay is good. So, I'm gonna call it a wash. Like it's a fun to play, but it's. Um, it's not fun to pay attention to. But yeah. It's fun to play. I don't know. I found it incredibly entertaining to pay attention to. Like, yeah. to me, this, the batshitness of the story is. Look, I mean, like, I keep, thing. I keep going I back did. and forth on this. Well, like, so like, Kelso can vouch for the fact that the dialogue, like, as I encountered practically every line of dialogue, I was just like, "This is fucking amazing." <laughs> yeah. It is, it is Who certainly the fuck entertaining. Like this, like. <laughs> I guess this really does just tap into my appreciation for stuff that's just fucking dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's the only way I can really describe it. It's it's fucking dumb, and I love that shit. So, so there, Dude, there you have it. Up. Yeah, I totally do. I know what I'm about, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you're not wrong. It's dumb. <laughs> So that, yeah, there you have it. <laughs> That's my assessment. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's Gyromancer, and people yeah. should sh- people should try it out for a good time. Gyromancer, it's fucking dumb. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it, it's fucking dumb, and we recommend it. Yeah. Well, it sounded like Carl maybe doesn't, but the rest of us <laughs> well, might. Well, Carl played more of this than any of the rest of us by hours. It, more than you? I, I only played 13 hours. Okay, okay, okay. I sort of <laughs> fell asleep with Gyromancer. Oh, sure you did. Oh, okay, uh-huh. You just, you really wanted to know what happened to Wolf, Wolfman. I played, pretty much. I think I'm fairly close to the end. Yeah. So I might finish it. <laughs> you should, you should, and then report back on, like, what you think happened at the end of the story, because <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Oh fucking Christ! This is wonderful. Yep. All right. Yeah, That's you've a game. Got, you've got uh, twenty hours on record. <laughs> but yeah, if you fell asleep. Yeah. Well, supposedly. You know. Um, yeah. You know. So I'm I'm gonna go to how long to beat and enter my like thirteen hour time to try and like more. Oh, what a relief that that somebody can be the hope that the community around Gyromancer needs. To make sure that that remains as Listen, correct as possible. There is data on the internet somewhere that's wrong. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. The internet. <laughs> would you, would you care to just like go across the entire internet for all data? Because that would be ideal if you. I mean, could. if it's if it's data that I know that I have access to, I will correct it. <laughs> Oh, you're one of those people. Somebody's got to do it. (laughs) You're one of those people who gets on Wikipedia and you're like, that's wrong, let me fix it right now. Yep, and then my edits always get changed back because they're like, you're not a contributor, what are you doing changing this? And I'm like, but it was wrong! Yeah. Man, Wikipedia Wikipedia culture's weird, man. I know, those guys changed my edit that said that um, the Sean Plotz crotch exudes the a heat of such magnitude to power 
like a small Swedish village or something like that. Because that was that was his own quote. He said he verified it. So did I you just... did you did you give the citation? Like did you yeah. cite did you cite the video that it came from? I did. Well, how how dare they? Exactly. That's that's what, how I felt. Fuck it's, them. It's, there's a lot of like Wikipedia Boycott. nepotism going on. Boycott Wikipedia is all I'm saying. <laughs> Can't just donated. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this podcast is <laughs> the worst. Um, so, no. on that note, you want to introduce what we're playing next? Ah, yes. Let me let me pull up the Steam page for it. Uh, we're going to play Refunct, a first-person platformer about restoring a vibrant world by running, jumping, sliding, and climbing. It looks really pretty, and it's on Steam for $2.99. You travel in pipes, get launched into the air, and jump off walls to traverse a land of swimming islands on your own path. Immerse yourself in a relaxing, non-violent, open world, accompanied by a beautiful soundtrack by Christofferson. Learn the game without any tutorials by simply playing and make the environment your own personal playground. Play the game at your own pace, which can be enjoyed by a wide variety of player skills. You can get this on Steam for $3, and we're going to be playing it for the next podcast. I like that they advertise no tutorial as a feature. <laughs> yep. I wasn't going to comment on that, but it is worth <laughs> commenting on. You are correct. That is a thing which happened and exists. Yep. All right. Adding to cart. <laughs> yep. I will buy that right now. Yep. Oh, good. I bought it. I have not downloaded it yet. But hey, three bucks. How can you go wrong? Oh, yeah. How how can you? Hey, have we ever steered you wrong before? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Don't answer that question. <laughs> Don't answer Everybody that. doing it. Especially especially since we picked this game on the basis of, yeah, so I thought about playing this game last night for the stream, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, look, look, I played Morrowind instead. I mean, that, hey, that dude, has... Morrowind is my favorite game of all time, so... Exactly. I so, can't get like, mad about I that. I an excuse. Yeah. I was just like, you know what? Morrowind is just better for, for what I want to do. Oh, oh, fuck. Morrowind's so good. How's your straw poll doing, by the way? Uh... It, Evidently, three people want me to finish the game, which is... That's stupid. bananas. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's going to take literally a year. Uh, if you do the math, and, and that's not a completionist playthrough, that's just what it would take. Yeah. <laughs> that's like three that's Kingdom fun. Hearts. Yeah, it is. It is three Kingdom Hearts in one year. Yeah, yeah refunct. You guys yep. want to plug your stuff? Uh, <laughs> well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, my, I don't, I don't really swing that way. But, um, <laughs> I, uh, I play games on the internet sometimes. I guess I'm at Thanarod on Twitter and uh, Twitch.tv/Thanarod, and I stream every Sunday morning, vaguely around 10 a.m. PST. Uh, and right now we just started playing Morrowind. And uh, I don't know how long that's going to happen because people want me to just keep doing that, it, it, it would seem. So, that's a thing. Cool. All right. Um, I stream Sunday nights now uh, oh, at yeah. 7. So, tonight. Um, Which, if you're listening to this, is not tonight. Yeah, if you're listening to this, is is yesterday. Um, <laughs> probably. Uh, or, or any other day. Well, I guess it depends on when it goes up. If it goes I mean, up the next like hour, people it might listen be tonight. to it. 
Yeah, it, it could potentially go back, go up within the next hour, but then by the time they get to this point in the episode, you streaming. will be streaming. So, so yeah. check me out so right now. If it's if it's sometime around between yeah, like watch, seven and to watch the feedback force podcast, that yeah. you get to it the moment it comes out. Just watch Kyla instead. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, yeah, we can the wait. Podcast can wait. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm Kyla yeah, can't. Exactly. I'm uh, yeah. So uh, Twitch.tv slash Cage Tiger with a K. Uh, we're still playing Final Fantasy VI. I'm gonna keep Fuck, doing really? that until we're done. <laughs> and then after that, you're gonna play Jet Romancer. <laughs> Maybe, maybe I should do a, maybe I should do a one of us uh, with Gyromancer. Oh, that would yeah. be hilarious. See how quickly I can I can uh, try and get through. Finish it. the game. Yeah. Speed run Gyromancer. Speed run Gyromancer. Gyromancer speed run. So uh, speaking uh, speaking of that, um, Fridays now we have a new show. It's called One of Us. It's a community community focused stream time where anybody who might want to stream who doesn't necessarily stream on a regular basis or doesn't really want to stream on a regular basis can just claim that time slot. Um, Fridays at 6 Pacific. Every third Friday of the month we do it at noon for our European friends if they want to do a stream or just so that it's not so late for them to have to watch all the time. Yes, and if I may say, Kelso, your inaugural stream was excellent. Thank you. You played Dropsy. Yeah, and <laughs> I if... I think I think what it's going to... <laughs> freaking Dropsy. And I think what it's going to be is that if, if time slots don't get claimed, I guess I'm just going to do them by default. So claim those nice. time slots, otherwise you're stuck with me. Uh, well, <laughs> it could be worse, although hopefully you won't always be playing as a murderous clown. It's not a murderous clown. I mean, have you looked he's at it? Murdered. It's a murderous. He's, mis- he's misunderstood. He's nope. a misunderstood he's, clown. He's have so ha- He wants people to be better. Actually, I, I didn't expect to feel any feels because I looked, took one look at it and I was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and then something happened with like his dad or something. I was just like, oh my god, I'm feeling things. Why am I feeling things? His dad them? got sick. Stupid. But you didn't see the ending. I yeah, you didn't get... see the ending. The um, VODs are up. Uh, I should I should give the address for that, by the way. Twitch.tv slash Defenders. That's where it will be every week. Oh, yeah. And I will just be hosting whoever um, is playing a game. And that's how that works. But the VODs of Dropsy are up at Twitch.tv slash Defenders. I'll put them up on YouTube uh, when I remember to. But for now, that's where they are. Good job. <laughs> Good job, indeed. Um, so, so you finished Dropsy, so what's next for you? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I have an idea of something that I would play next uh-huh. week if nobody takes that time slot. But right. I'm not going to say what that is. You're the worst. Because, I mean, <laughs> hey. you're, you're going to have to play again eventually. I am. But, you wouldn't so. tell us what game you were playing this morning. Yeah. Well, that was just this morning, though, because I knew everybody would lose their shit over Morrowind. I mean, I would have lost my shit if I wasn't at work. <laughs> I, I would have... I don't know. I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> you were sleeping. Yeah. Well, you know, Europe. Yeah. It's not even Europe. Actually, oh, no, that's no excuse for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carl is nocturnal, actually, if you haven't noticed. He's European nocturnal, which basically means he exists on American time. <laughs> Any, anyone else? I go to school after this podcast. Oh. Um, at, at Kyla underscore go on Twitter uh, is where I... Um, like post about my stream times because I know that like I tend to change it up a lot because my schedule is weird. It's a um, mystery, just like this so game. So like, yeah. So I'm like not sure if I'm gonna be 
playing next week or not because I'll be just having come back from a wedding and I may be jet lagged. Um, but I might try anyway. We'll see. All of your friends are getting married. I know it's crazy. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Um, so that. Oh, and um, undefinedbehavior.com/forum if you want to uh, sign up for a time slot or participate in the Mogs playlist project or similar. Yeah. Oh wait, what's what's this about? Turn up the heat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Also, I'm prototyping the uh, the end defenders. Is there a thread uh, about that now? Is there? I don't know. I, oh, okay. I I didn't know if you'd made be. a thread. I guess I guess you didn't. Okay. Um, so far, I haven't actually made a prototype. I I wrote down out an outline for a prototype. That's um, fair enough. I could make. It's probably not going to be that much fun, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you need any help whatsoever, I would like to participate in that. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll, make this, I'll make this as much of a uh, community uh, project as I can, I guess. Maybe we can bring our game to Indicate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's, the... like it's not like I have a huge amount of time to work on prototyping stuff lately. Yeah, it may have to wait until, like, January when I'm not teaching. <laughs> That's fair. But we'll see. Anyway. Yeah. That's the thing. This this has any does anybody else have any plugs? No. no. I remembered one more thing I want to say about Gyromancer. Cool. Yeah, sure. say it. Uh to to leave on. There's yep. uh if you if you actually go into the ridiculous amount of lore and oh, look wow. up and look up Ravel, there is the one justification in the entire game for the gem matching mechanic. Oh. Uh, and it's no like way. a single sentence. Where it says something absolutely absurd, like um, uh, he he toys um, he toys with the the forces of magic as simply as another man might appraise gemstones. Oh, mother of God! And I'm like, that was a ballsy fucking move, guys. Putting <laughs> that statement in there. For real, man. That's wow. not For real. Gay. That's. I like that's... it. Not... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh... And with that, <laughs> we, we podcast as easily as someone else might toy with gemstones. <laughs> oh, dear. Have... And, and about as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Have, have a good couple weeks, y'all. See, see you next time. Yep. Bye. Bye. Good Lord.